Welcome back to your ongoing pursuit of your Bachelors of Multifamily Science here at the Apartment Academy. The Academy Podcast is the multifamily industry's only operations-focused podcast that features insights for industry leaders, investors, vendors, and technology providers. If you invest in multifamily real estate or you're involved in the day-to-day on-site operations of apartment buildings, we are your source for efficient operations and maximizing NOI. Classes in session with today's professor, Chief Operating Officer Brian Croker from the Lindy Company. Um, Brian's going to share today some some unique points of view that the Lindy Company has about what matters in operations and that's made a big difference in a company that's been growing steadily for for over 80 years. Uh, So a lot of wisdom to share. Here he comes. All right, Professor Croker, welcome to the Academy. Um, It's great to have you here today. Um, why don't, if you wouldn't mind starting off, Brian, just talk a little bit about um, your background, uh, uh, how you ended up in your role over there at Lindy. Uh, sure, Daniel. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank, thank you so much. Really, really looking forward to this. Um, so I've been in uh, real estate 41 years, and uh, I've been with Lindy Communities for the last four years as Chief Operating Officer. Uh, my career has been an interesting one in that my background is in the finance area where I spent the first 15 years of my career as a, a CFO, chief financial officer of real estate companies, both um, small and some pretty large ones, including one that was publicly traded. Um, and then from there, I gravitated more into operations, property management, and asset management. And that's what I've done for the last uh, 26 years of my career. Um, and uh, I really, really love what I do. Uh, my responsibilities at Lindy Communities are uh, really running the day-to-day operations, um, and I'm involved in um, hiring the best people, helping them to become a success, uh, dealing with our customers, and ultimately driving net operating income. Yeah, thanks for that, Brian. And, and uh, so Lindy is a pretty decent-sized company, been around for 80 years, so multi-generational family um, owned company with about 7,000 properties right now, mostly north, all in the northeast, right, Brian? Yeah, that's right. 7,000 units. Uh, we're in Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. The bulk of our real estate is in Philadelphia. It was Lindy your first foray into uh, property management? Uh, no, no. Like I, like I said, the um, uh, first 15 years of my career, I was in the finance area and accounting. And then uh, the last 26 years, I've been in property management. And even even when I was on the, you know, the accounting side, you know, I still was involved in running our property management company. So it's been been part of my fabric for, for most of my life. Good. Okay. Well, then we can jump into some some hard-hitting questions then with respect to somebody who's got that kind of experience. And that and the first one I always am interested in hearing is, is um, what do you think the biggest challenges are um, in in property management, Brian? Um, without a doubt, in, in my opinion, the biggest challenge is the, the people side of it. Um, you know, really trying to hire the best people, develop those people, retain those people, you know, create a career path for them, and uh, you know, setting up those pe- the people for success. Uh, that that is um, certainly certainly a challenge. Uh, it's in some ways it's gotten more difficult with you know challenges in finding people, hiring people, uh, training people remotely, um, and so forth. What do you think about this industry 
Uh, I mean, people are important. I th- a lot of people in different industries would say, oh, people's really important. People are key to our success. But I, I, I agree with you. I think there is something uh, um, more difficult um, in property management when it comes to managing people. But, but what, how would you characterize it? What is it that makes that the biggest challenge here for us? Well, you know, we're, we're in a service industry. We, we have to be available 24-7. You know, this is where people live. This is their homes. So they have very high expectations and, and very, you know, important needs that we have to satisfy. Um, so it takes people that, you know, have that desire to want to please others um, and uh, want to communicate well, listen well, and, uh, and, and provide those skills. Um, and it's a real people business, you know, even with all the technology we have, uh, there's still a lot in our business that's been done the same way it's been done for the last, you know, 40, 50 years. Now, as you know, Daniel, there's a lot of things that are coming out that might change what I just said, like artificial intelligence and other things and some of the great things that software companies are doing. But for the most part, there's still a big people element to running this business, whether it be fixing a toilet, which right now we don't have robots that can do that, or whether it be um, you know, uh, dealing with a re- uh, resident who's unhappy about something that really wants to talk to a person and not a uh, artificial intelligence bot or something. Yeah, look, there's. Um, I want to come back to this because I think there are there are two things that for me. So Brian and I, we've known each other for a while, um, and I've I've uh, been you know come to become fairly familiar with the with the Lindy Company and, and have a good sense of uh, the culture. And I would say the two things that really stand out for me, one is the focus on people. So I want to come back to that. And every property management company says they focus on people. I really feel like Lindy, um, uh, the, it really goes the extra mile to try to cultivate people. I, I want to talk more about that and so people can hear about that. But I, I think the other side of the flip side of that coin, which you just, you just alluded to is on the technology front. Um, Lindy, um, has a a very fine focus on some operational parameters that I think other they go missed I think by other companies um, so much so that Lindy has even developed some of their own technology uh, to kind of satisfy those needs so so let's start with um, what do you think that that what do you think it makes the difference there what's different about Lindy on the operational side that has resulted in this kind of, uh, like I said, a finer focus on the operational KPIs? What do you care about maybe that others don't care as deeply about? Well, we, we, you know, we really recognize that everything is a process and, um, and it's important to understand that process and look for opportunities to leverage technology to make that process easier, more transparent, more efficient, and more accountable. Um, and then also being able to measure how well that process is completed. Uh, you know, we subscribe to the metaphor, you can't manage what you can't measure. So as part of our technology implementation and, and what we do, we wanna be able to measure uh, how well things are working so that we can direct our resources accordingly. You know, with so many properties, we have 37 properties, 7,000 units, it's really hard to um, keep track of all the details in this business. You know, there's so many details. There's so many boxes that you have to check off 
And if you miss, mix, miss one box, um, there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, so the nice thing about what we've tried to do with technology in a lot of different ways um, is it can identify very quickly where you might be slipping or on the flip side where you're doing really well and maybe can leverage that knowledge or leverage that best practice and employ it elsewhere in a scalable fashion. Um, so it's really a deep understanding of process improvement that, that I think we have and a recognition that there's probably a, a chance to do better and for continuous improvement. And, and that's probably the last part of it is we strive to always do better. We know that whatever we've done, let's not high five or get cocky. We, we know that we can do better and continue to make it better and better. I think the, uh, the focus on process, I would agree. And that is what I, that's been my experience with Lindy is, is really a, um, an exceptional passion about establishing the right process and finding a way to, to, to follow through on that. Would you mind giving some examples of things that, that Lindy has focused on that uh, has made a difference in operations when it comes to process? And can I mention um, software names in the process? Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, people are interested to know what um, I would do. I was going to ask that anyway, what technology you guys are using and that sort of thing. So yeah, please feel, go, feel free to go ahead. Yeah. So um, Dan, as you know, and I don't know, um, one of the major software implementations that we've done over the years is Leonardo uh, 24-7. Um, and it's uh, really been a key part of how we manage our business because um, as you know, but I'll say this to the listeners who might not know, um, basically what it's done is it's taken all our procedures that were in a binder like this thick and it's put it in, in a digital form where there's total transparency, uh, again, accountability and um, exception reporting, as well as also just show, documenting and measuring what's being completed. So, you know, in the old days, you know, you created this beautiful procedural manual Nobody ever read it, even though they claimed they did. You stuck it in the drawer and it collected dust. And then what, what was this business always about? Mistake management. A lot of people are afraid to say those words, but let's face it to these listeners, a lot of what we do in this business is mistake management. And that's constantly fixing mistakes, reacting to mistakes, being in the reactive mode, um, solving problems that probably could have been um, eliminated uh, if we had followed our procedures. And the nice thing about Leonardo is it helps you to uh, be proactive, to follow the processes that have been set up and are required, incidentally. They're not just there for just the heck of it. They're company policy to make sure that the property is running the way it should be on, on a timely basis and, uh, and that uh, we know what's happening every day. Uh, and that's been a really key part of what we've done uh, there's other aspects, but that's probably the first thing that I wanted to mention. Um, it's, it's really helped us in, in so many ways. Um, the second thing I, I wanted to mention is that, um, you know, we, we are now involved in, uh, investing in artificial intelligence. We're using a software called meetelise.com. Uh, it's M-E-E-T-E-L-I-S-E.com. Um, and what that's done is it, um, has um, taken over our lead management. As everyone knows on the call, you know, there's uh, hundreds, if not thousands of leads that the industry gets every day um, for our properties of prospects interested in renting uh, a 
requirements. Um, and um, it's very time consuming to respond to this, these leads. Many of the questions that the leads are asking are, you know, very repetitive. You know, how much is the rent? You know, how much security deposit do I need? Uh, what's your availability? Um, and believe it or not, many of those leads go unanswered in this industry. The figure I've heard is that up to 50% of leads are unanswered. Uh, and these leads cost a lot of money to generate because they're all part of a marketing plan through search engine optimization. And we pay for every lead. And like I said, many go unanswered or many aren't answered well or timely. So the beauty of Meta Leases through artificial intelligence is that um, Meta Lease is working 24-7, never takes a holiday or sick day, never suffers with COVID or anything, and uh, is answering those leads within five minutes. Half of the leads are coming after hours uh, when our people aren't working, and Meta Lease is responding to them quickly and is converting up to 30 to 35% of those leads into showings, and that's the goal of Meta Lease. Uh, which is a very good conversion ratio, I think, as you know. Uh, I can go into more detail, but that's another big thing that we've done in the last year. Uh, the last year has 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 shown a particularly bright light on the potential to utilize virtual tours, virtual you know leasing procedures, where somebody renting a unit may never even meet with with somebody on the staff until after they've signed the lease. Um, how 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 much have you seen that take hold within the Lindy portfolio? And how much of that do you expect to um, continue to take hold now that we can have people meeting in person again? Uh, it, it's been huge. Virtual tours, Daniel, has been really huge for both us and the industry. You know, I hear it all the time from my peers and in, in the various, you know, uh, webinars. Um, and I, I suspect that it's going to continue really strong. You know, people want to be able to tour when they want to do it, whether it be, you know, one o'clock in the morning or whenever. They don't, they don't want to have to set up an appointment. They might not even want to interact with our people. Um, so, uh, it's, it's, we have not been doing any face to face tours in the last year. So it's been either all virtual or self guided tours as well. Uh, and I think self-guided tours will also be something that will continue. Uh, but I also think that, you know, post-COVID, there is a place for face-to-face -to -face tours. And I would like to think that our team can deal with objections better, you know, if they're face-to-face. -face, and they can also sell, educate, and point out things that a prospect might not see in a virtual tour or even a self-guided tour. That might sound old-fashioned and low-tech, um, but I do think there's still a place for for face-to-face -to -face tours. A place, Brian, or the majority of tours you still would like to have them performed face-to-face? -face? Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, in my, in my heart, I'd rather they be face-to-face -face because I, I think it gives us a chance to, again, sell and educate. But it, I'm not going to be the one that drives that. It's going to be what the prospect wants. And I think more prospects, now that they've realized that they can do virtual or self-guided, that might be their preference. Yeah, I think this is a fascinating uh, transition that, we're, that the industry is going through right now. Um, and, and you know, if you, if, you, if you add the Elise type technology that relieves 
a person of the responsibility of fielding those calls and you couple that with virtual tours, um, do you see like the role of a leasing agent changing or going away or I mean, what, what, are, what are you guys thinking of? You guys th- thinking about the future all the time. Where do you think we're heading on that front? Well, we, we have thought about that a lot. And at this point, I hope nobody from my company who's in leasing is listening to this call, but, but my, my prediction is in the next three to five years, the, the leasing position might go away. There might not be a need for it. Unfortunately, uh, but I think the combination of artificial intelligence um, and virtual self-guided tours and, of course, filling out applications online uh, reduces the need for leasing personnel. And that's clearly one of the things that me, the lease, and others like it. There's other products as well uh, sell. They, they actually, as part of the key performance indicators of what I get from them, is the time savings and how much time it saved our people um, from working leads. Right. And what I hear is that that others consider that if that happens, if they are able to sort of um, uh, do without that role on site, that what it does is it opens up the opportunity to give greater customer service. Um, you know, the, Lindy's model is to provide an exceptional housing experience. You, you, the reality is you, I, one doesn't always have enough staff on site to really pay attention to the residents in a way we would like. There's a lot of other competing um, resources for you know, f- uh, things that need attention. And um, maybe that's the maybe that's the outcome of this is is we shift more into a customer service mode than we do um, a sales um, and marketing role that handles automat that's handled automatically. Well, that, that's always been what we've inspired to as an industry. I mean, I've heard that for years. You know, well, what are what are people going to do if you know this is automated or that's automated? And the the default answer is more customer service. Uh, that the, the thing I want to sort of mention about customer services is you also made that a virtual experience. You know, we have resident portals and. Uh, most of the industry, I believe, uh, shut down their management offices for the last year or so um, and asked the residents, hey, go do everything online or do it on the phone, but please don't come to our office. So um, certainly there'll be a phone element to it, but we've really tried to steer our residents more into that virtual experience, which, it, you know, hopefully then there's less time that we have to commit to customer service. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um you were talking earlier about leads, um, and you talked about a marketing plan, SEO plan. But what what's working? This is always everyone wants to know how people are driving leads, right? Do you mind sharing, Brian? What's what's working for Lindy in terms of marketing the properties and getting those leads funneled up to a lease so that the lease can take care of it from there? Well, of, of course, it's all about the internet. Everyone knows that most leads uh, at this point, it's probably over ninety percent come through the internet. And it's all about, in my opinion, search engine optimization, you know, where you're optimizing keywords um, so that when somebody goes to Google and searches apartments, you know, in Cheltenham, Pennsylvania, that my apartment property shows up on the first or second page listings. Um, and, and that's what it's all about. And there's a lot of different ways to optimize that through remarketing and AdWords and so forth. But it's... It, it's all about driving those leads um, through the search engines to our properties. And then when they hit our website, 
having a really good website that you know serves the needs of the prospect, keeps them there, and uh, holds their interest. Uh, we just updated our website, and uh, you know that's just that's very important. And then we couple that with you know the ILSs, the Internet Listing Services, uh, Harvest.com, and RenPath, and, and Zillow, and and others. Um, there's there's still a place for those, um, and they're obviously spending a lot more money than I am on SEO. Um, they're spending millions and millions of dollars. So we also need that service uh, in driving leads. Well, I think it's notable, Brian, that that they're relegated to sounds like almost a distant second place and that most of your leads are coming from from organic searches for for apartment buildings and that's interesting maybe i'm maybe i've been out of the game for a while but it used to be um certainly the opposite that, that you depended upon these ILSs for most of your leads is do you think this is unique because lindy's got a better seo program than most and so you can gather leads that way or is this a trend you think is the other companies are experiencing? I think it's a trend that other companies are experiencing. I, I don't think we're unique. Um, I think most companies get their top lead sources, their website. And then if you drill down into that, that's coming through, you know, the Google searches uh, and then driving to, you know, the website. Uh, and then second from that would be, you know, the ILSs. Um, the old Craigslist, I think, is is pretty much obsolete. You know, that used to be a top lead source. Um, and then, of course, referrals are a big one. You know, depending on the property, we do get a lot of referrals from current residents. An SEO strategy, is that executed? Um, you, do you engage a specific firm to manage the SEO of all of your of all of your property websites, or is it an internal function? We do. We we use a, a firm. Um, it's called Results Repeat, um, and uh, they uh, they have people that are experts in this. And then our marketing director oversees um, the work that they perform. And we're constantly monitoring and measuring. You know, we have very detailed KPIs that we look at. Um, depending on the size property, like on my larger properties, we'll look at that weekly. Uh, on the uh, smaller properties, we'll look at it uh, monthly and quarterly. And then we have certain benchmarks that we're trying to achieve, especially on conversion ratios, converting that lead into actually filling out a guest card. Um, and we're, that's really where the rubber meets the road, whether we're meeting those conversion ratio goals or not. And what do you do? Um, how do you how do you use those measurements, Brian? If you see low conversion rates, what steps do you guys take? Uh, yeah, then, then it's a matter of you know drilling into them more. That, you know, looking at the keywords again. Um, you know, reassessing those. Uh, looking at what words uh, are going at higher dollar amounts. Maybe we change, tweak the budget that we're spending. Maybe we're blowing the budget. You know, and not spending enough money. Um, you know, I read somewhere the other day that, or I heard this on apartments.com webinar uh, yesterday, actually, where it said that, you know, one of the big keywords in Washington, D.C. used to be the metro line, you know, the, um, the subway line, right? But since COVID, a lot of people taking, um, not taking metro, that's not really a keyword that you want to really try to optimize at this point. It's not going to drive leads. So you really want to make sure your keywords are, are really fresh. And relevant and ultimately convert, converting. I'm I'm 
shocked again at the level of of um of management i'm uh, at the level of um uh involvement that you guys have on the seo side um i i i don't know i i would i would uh i'd be interested i have to ask others but i would challenge others to see if they if they are giving it the same attention that you guys are brian you might be selling yourself short on the the amount to which you're giving that um, your full attention. Let me ask you just one more operational thing. I wanted to go back to, um, and then I want to talk about people again, uh, because uh, Lindy's done something that I've, I've only seen in a handful of other companies, which is you have taken it upon yourselves in some cases to develop technology, plugins, um, in some cases, actual applications you develop from whole cloth. Um, uh where what 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 did you fail to find in the market that that prompted Lindy to go out and and actually become a, like a little uh, software developer? Yeah. So first of all, Frank Lindy, as you know, you know Frank very well, Daniel. He's been the driving force behind this. He just lives and breathes and dreams this stuff. Um, but um, it was really um, really the old you know metaphor or advertisement. There's an app for that. You know, it's that philosophy. There's an app for it, and then apps can make your life easier, better, and more fun. And it's our thought that, you know, every everything should be on your phone, you know. Um, everyone carries a phone. Um, there's no need for paper anymore. Um, and it's many, and many of our people never sit in front of a computer, especially our maintenance people. So we wanted to make it at their fingertips, so that in the middle of doing a job or, or doing their work, that they could pull it up on their on their phone, and that's really what we've been trying to do ever since. And we we have many apps uh, that are on iPhones, um, and the people on, on our team they know what these apps are. They've been trained on them, and they use them every day. And they truly do make uh, work easier, uh, less annoying, and uh, and. It's a way for us, again, the measure of work is getting completed because everything that they do ends up on a very elaborate dashboard that we can constantly track how things are performing. Yeah, I think that's one of the other things I've seen um, from the Lindy homegrown software portfolio is the, the the dashboards that you have created that really bring all the information together that, that Lindy's specifically interested in seeing in one when one place is pretty impressive it it's not an undertaking i think that most people could would have an appetite for i imagine um it's it's uh, expensive and hard to maintain but um do you do you see that is the industry catching up with you guys with with the things that you developed or do you see this being something that will remain part of your core competency um i think the industry is catching up but only in certain areas and not necessarily all bundled under one umbrella. You know, so there could be companies that are doing parts of what we're doing, but not the whole thing. And, you know, we, we just have so many different applications, uh, all stored within this dashboard or measure within the dashboard. Um, you know, there might be a lot of good bits and pieces out there. And there's certainly companies that do it better than we do because, you know, they have more resources. But they, I don't think anyone, I don't believe, it could be wrong, I don't know about the larger companies, has as much data as we do aggregated all in one place. And as much functionality as well. It's, 
It's impressive. It's it's really impressive. Um, okay, so I'm going to change gears. I'm going to go back to um, a comment you made earlier about this being a people business. Uh, it certainly is a people business, and on two fronts. It's it is on it is a very uh, employee heavy business for every. You know, you, you're an owner manager, so the management fees are not a profit. Uh, it, it, you're not driven by the management fees as a source of profit, probably as, as third party managers are. But nonetheless, for every for every dollar that you have available that a property can make available in terms of management fees to cover that overhead, it's a lot of people out in the field deployed to earn that dollar. Um, but the other half of that is your those people are your product. Uh, your 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 customers are just people, right? Your um, the product that you're selling is appealing to people, and uh, when you have such when you have seven thousand units, um, you have you're, you're going to have a wide swath of humanity in those seven thousand units. And one of the things we know that's difficult about this industry is um, in that seven thousand units, which might represent fourteen twenty thousand people that you house. You're going to have some difficult people. Um, you're going to have some very toxic people, um, and and though while they might be the exception, they the 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 toll that those interactions can take on the morale of your teams in the field um, is significant. What what does Lindy do to help esprit de corps, keep people's chins up, keep them engaged, enthusiastic in the face of what can at times be a difficult on-site environment? Dan, without a doubt, it is it is difficult. And certainly last year with COVID, it, it's been certainly one of the most trying years uh, that we've, we've had as an industry. And even personally, it's been really, really challenging. Um, so, you know, in terms of what we do, we, you know, there's no one right answer, and, and I can't tell you we've necessarily done it well. But what we, first of all, we really try to create an atmosphere where we really support our people a lot. Um, I, you know, I hope people feel like they're not out on their own. Um, if they run into a problem, you know, there there is a cavalry, and the cavalry will come in and and and, and fight for whatever we need to do. Um, and we we really support the people. We try to support them. By first of all, really listening to them and communicating well, really trying to hear what their problems are and what they need to overcome, um, trying to implement better ways to do things, um, and also interceding as issues come up and bringing in more resources to help people out. Um, you know, people might have certain limitations in certain areas or feel challenged, and we have we usually always have somebody else that can come in and pick up the ball and, and take it to the finish line. Um, and, uh, you know, beyond that, you know, we continue to try to, we're all about continuous improvement and, and training our people. We're, we're constantly training through a number of different methods. Um, and we've also tried to create more of a fun atmosphere during this time. Um, and we've had a number of different programs that we've done, uh, both virt virtually and even in person. Uh, to try to make it more fun. We've given people more time off to be with their families. Um, and we even facilitated hundreds of vaccination shots to, um, you know, get everyone vaccinated. And, uh, and that worked out really well. Um, and, uh, and we also try to create an environment where people can feel like they're, um, 
succeeding in their jobs, but also excelling in their jobs. And we've had, you know, many people that have had promotions and we've created more of a career path for people to get to that next level and feel really good about what they're doing each day. Um, but the last thing is, you know, we, I think a lot of the people that I work with, I think the majority, you know, are people that recognize that what we do is really important again, because this is where people live. And we feel like we really have the opportunity to make a difference in these people's lives. And we, we take that to heart. And that, that could mean, you know, helping out a resident, you know, who's sick or, you know, needs to get to the hospital or something. And, you know, it's, it's the old saying, like, um, you get what you give. So by us giving so much to our residents or through philanthropy, which the Lindy uh, family is really big on, we get a lot back and it, it helps us through these difficult times and these difficult situations. Yeah, it, I think that's one of the areas that I I would have I would say again as I said earlier I think Lindy does an exceptional job. Um, one more question on that, and then then we'll wrap up. If if um, given the environments that folks are into, and given Lindy's real focus on um, the the employee side of things and the culture side of things, what characteristics does Lindy look for? Um, in, in a new employee? What do you think is critical to be successful in this industry? Well, you know, of course, it's the normal stuff, uh, technical knowledge, you know, track record, experience. Um, it's uh, but some of the intangibles that, that we look for are we, we look for people that really strive to please others, you know, really, really get a lot of satisfaction out, there, out of that. Um, people that have shown in their past that they have a really strong work ethic. Uh, that the, you know, that it could have been, you know, maybe when they were in high school working two jobs or something, you know, something in their background. Um, and, and again, people that just have a deep commitment to really wanting to make a difference. Uh, it could be in their, you know, in their character, it could be in their past experiences, the way they were brought up, but people that show that they, they really care about other people. And really want to make a, a true difference. What a what a blessing it must be for your employees to be in a culture such as yours, Brian. Um, hats off to you and, and Frank for what you guys have built there. Um, thank you for taking some time to talk with us today, Professor Croker. We appreciate it. Um, I think um, you've shared some some very interesting insights with folks. We I, we could would love to take a deeper dive some other time and talk about specific some of the KPIs and things that you guys care about because I think that is one of the things that makes a difference in your operations. But I think the message today to to pay attention to process um, because it all starts with having process and being measured. And so I think that was a great message for for people to hear. So I want to reiterate that. Good to see you. Thanks so much for being on today. You take care. Thanks for logging in and listening today. If you've enjoyed these podcasts and you feel like your management company could use a little advice from some of the professors here at the Apartment Academy, then go to our website, apartmentacademy.com and click help me. We'll send you a questionnaire and provide individualized responses to your answers at no charge that I guarantee will offer you insights on ways you can immediately improve apartment operations. In between now and the next podcast, class is dismissed. My office hours are posted and we'll look forward to seeing you here next time.